Hello, all you beautiful people, and welcome to The Last Word, W-E-R-D, with me, your host, your bad, your broken, bougie, bad motherfucker named Gino. Um, glad to have you today. As we speak, it is f- technically February 5th, uh, but for me, it's still February 4th, Friday night, Saturday morning, 1.39-ish a.m. I almost didn't do the pod right now because it's so fucking late. And uh, some of you know, I'm at this this constant battle with my bedtime, but I'm like, dude, I want to do the pod. And I got some things I've been wanting to talk about all week, and eventually I'll forget about them, and it'll just be something I didn't talk about. And uh, I mean, if it comes in my mind and I feel like it's something worth uh, mentioning and something worth discussing, then uh, I should put it out there. I mean, everyone else is putting up Everyone else is putting out a whole bunch of bullshit. I might as well put out what I feel is something of substance, something substantial, and may very well be bullshit. I mean, you know, one man's substance is another man's bullshit. Or another person's. Uh, Anyway, uh, it seems... I don't know that anybody listened to the last podcast I put out with uh, uh, my friend and and porn actress uh, Alicia Heavy. Uh, that's not her real name. I actually don't know how she came up with that name. I should have asked her that, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, her name is clearly, uh, Chinese or, or, uh, Lower Mongolian, uh, which is her, her nation of or- origin and ethnicity. Um, but I definitely have had people, uh, bring up to me the fact that they now are, are very aware that I on occasion do porn or at least have done it once, which I've done it more than once, but uh in the past i've been paid for it but now <laughs> now i'm trying to like get paid for it by putting it out there and it's it's not going as lucrative as i would have expected originally but i hope to i hope to hurry up my hustle and i hope that it doesn't murder my comedy career before it becomes a thing also because because as many of you know we vilify sex some people i talk to on a regular basis some people i was talking to last night some people that I really, whose company I really enjoy, uh, talking, talking about women. There's just a very misogynistic conversation. And in an occasion like that, I'm really uncomfortable, but I just kind of like let it, I don't want to stop people from being themselves. I have a very, uh, I have a very strong credo of allow people to be people because I'm not going to change them and I'm not, I'm not going to scold anybody. And it's really more beneficial for me to understand where people are coming from so that maybe in the future I can kind of, uh, help nip this kind of thought process in the bud. I consider myself a highly, uh, I have a high ability, I believe to manipulate people, but I, I, I use my powers for good instead of evil, in my opinion. You know, I t- typically it's like a bunch of my friends I know want, to, they have a goal in life, but people are afraid of the things they want. And now I have to trick them into doing the thing that they already want, you know? And you know, one of those things is kind of sex and this compatibility between the sexes. And I think a lot of misogynility, I was was just about to say the word misogynility, which is not, it might as well be a word. People are kind of annihilating the English language right now, but that's a whole nother rant. And, uh, and I hope to actually make a sketch out of it or something. But anyway, I believe that's, that's the root 
that's at the root of a lot of misogynistic thinking is just people not getting laid, you know? It's just this inability of sexes to uh, the sexes to to be compatible to to share the goal that they both actually have, which is companionship and sex. I'm pretty sure everybody wants that on some level. Everybody needs to find someone who is some kind of level of crazy that matches their own, and I don't use crazy as a pejorative. Someone stopped me the other day as don't say crazy as dismissive. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not saying crazy like that. I'm saying crazy as in. We all have kind of a brand name dysfunction that is, that is, it's ours, you know? And uh, dysfunction, malfunction, just a way, just this quirkiness everyone has. And, and you just need to find someone who maybe either has the same or a different kind that is compatible with yours or maybe fills in your gaps, you know? Maybe they're crazy, fills in the empty spots and you're crazy and... Uh, you can make like a whole functional person together or maybe in a best case scenario you're two highly functional people that make some kind of super team and that's really the goal of any relationship i believe in my opinion is to be a team is to find a teammate you know that's i i hope that people understand it that way and i think more people are and i think that's why more people are calling a relationship a romantic relationship they're calling it a partnership more people are saying my partner and i really i don't think it's a pc thing in my opinion it's not it's really this you know this is my partner this is the person this is my teammate you know but uh you know so i'm i'm hanging out with people whose company i enjoy and they just start just verbally wailing on on women who have children but still shake their ass on instagram and you know you could be a good mom and still want to fucking be sexy i don't know i don't understand how things are mutually exclusive i think on on a recent previous uh episode of this podcast i was talking about this uh idiomatic expression which i really love people are saying is it this or that well it's both you know and it's kind of thought of as something funny but i really understand it as uh us being able to accept people's multi-dimensionality you know yeah you can be a good mom and be sexy yeah you can be a good like in in my case okay uh, i used to be a good boyfriend but uh not good at staying faithful which for a lot of people like a friend of mine i was talking to and he's like i take that as all of being a boyfriend is being faithful and i'm like i take uh being a good boyfriend as being there emotionally you know being like i said part of the team you know helping someone in their goals uh helping someone there's so much you know what i'm thinking of like physical maintenance like when it comes to like taking care of when you live with somebody taking care of a home making sure that it's a comfortable warm environment to come home to that dishes aren't piled up in the sink that things are clean you know that there's healthy food uh all the time and you're both involved in this it's not like one person washes the dishes or one person cooks it's like okay, well, you know, I got some spare time this week, so I'm going to handle this, you know, or I had some extra time today, so I'm, I know this thing needs to get done. And when you get home, this thing's going to be done and you're not going to have to worry about it, you know. And, uh, and maybe sometimes you both drop the ball and it's just a shitty place to be at, you know. Anyway, but uh, I, I really want to get on these uh, other subject matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so Joe Rogan's in trouble. Not He's not in trouble. I mean... People, I feel like, are constantly after Joe Rogan. And 
first of all, it's really popular to hate Joe Rogan. I'm not, I'm not like, a, I'm not his biggest fan. What I understand is what he does is he interviews people, um, but he does it in a, this really effective way that's conversational and doesn't have a time constraint. The time constraint is the length any comfortable conversation can go anytime you're vibing with a person and that is anywhere between one and four hours you know and if it's going well it can go the full four hours and if it's you know if it seems like it's maybe a little work or this the person has some time constraints it'll be like an hour and that's what i understand and that's why i like i watch the clips i'm not i'm not ever gonna watch i'm not not ever gonna listen to three hours of anybody talking you know 10 minutes is maximum for me and that's why I'll rarely go all the way up to an hour on this podcast right here. I like I always say I wouldn't want to listen to you for an hour. I don't expect you to want to listen to me for an hour, especially me by myself without the uh dynamic of a an interviewer interviewee sort of you know thing going on. Anyway, so uh I guess Neil Young and uh what Joni Mitchell if anybody even knows who that is anymore. Uh, took their music off of Spotify in protest of, uh, and, and you know what it was is, okay, first let me give you my summation. My summation of the whole thing before I even begin to talk about it. Uh, people like Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle, uh, are kind of gone after because I understand this, ooh, I'm about, I'm about to get into it, okay, binary, this binary, this this or that thinking, okay? With us or against us, blue or red, vax, anti-vax, vax, sorry, vax, anti-vax, mask, anti-mask, capitalism, communism, one or the other, you know? And really, really, we are in such a potentially beautiful point in in our human development that we could... We ha- we could, if we set our mind to it, set our collective mind to it, cherry pick. We could cherry pick what most people do with the Bible to make it work for them. Oh, I went there, the fucking Bible. Um, you know how they, they say all the quotes that are lovely and uh, that might help you and they leave out all the stuff that's gruesome and horrible because there's a lot of that in the Bible. We could do that with reality right now. We could do that with the way we handle government, the way we handle infrastructure, we could do that with the way we handle medicine. We could cherry pick and do just what works. Just like what you do in comedy with a bit. You're going to trash what doesn't work. Any good comedian, any successful good comedian is going to trash what doesn't work and only use what works and tighten it up. And that's what I hope happens in the near future. Otherwise, there's too many people. There's not... There, there aren't this many fuck-ups allowed in this short amount of time. There's too many people for this amount of fuck-ups. And I say that with the seriousness of a heart attack. There's no room for the amount of fuck-ups that are going on. We need to cherry-pick. It, it, it not only can happen, it's so necessary. Um, Goddamn, I saw that movie, Don't Look Up. Ugh. Anyway, I think I talked about it last week. I don't even want to go into it. It, it was little on the nose um and yeah which is that we're not able to talk to one another because of this binary and even when i get people on my side for a moment they kind of you know what it is it's like it's like this peak 
and they kind of slide back onto their side just really quickly, just really quickly and easily. They slide comfortably back onto their side. Uh, like uh, I, I do Rizzle. What's Rizzle? Exactly. Um, and it's basically TikTok for people who don't, who would, don't watch TikTok <laughs> or whatever. But uh, I have a channel called IMHO in my humble opinion. And um, like this one guy responded to one of my videos. He's like, because I, I was just saying how there's no such thing as news. It's all propaganda. And he's like, well, maybe that's not a bad thing. If the propaganda, if there was 50% propaganda for one side and 50% for the other, but it's 95% for the left. And of course, you know, his propaganda told him that. But if you look at statistical viewership, which is kind of what I'm getting at, statistics, numbers, they're out there. And, CD and the CDC has most recently been compromised at least a little bit. And uh, I never looked to the news for my information on COVID. I always went straight to the CDC website, study the charts, study the spreadsheets, see what's actually going on. How much does it match the news? What is the news talking about that, this, or what is CDC talking about that the news isn't talking about? Things like that. Just a daily reporting of numbers. To me, that's news. And we don't get any of that. We get people uh, just pounding, pounding feelings into our, you know, because we're emotional animals and then you feel this way or feel that way and in between if you ask questions it's more it's more demonized now than it was just a few years ago and it was more demonized just a few years ago than it was a few years ago before that and uh every time i've said like oh it's never been this bad it kind of gets a little yeah gets a little scarier in a different way you know so Joe Rogan, all right. So so that's my estimation of it is uh Joe Rogan whoever I don't know where these people come out of obscurity, these Jordan Petersons or whatever. Uh these Milo Yiannopoulos's, you know, like but whatever obscurity they arise out of, whatever is responsible for that also wants to knock down anyone who is having a conversation outside of that binary and just so slightly because anything just so slightly out of that binary is undoing the work that they every single day every single day they're working hard to just keep people in this binary you know capitalism or communism one or the other when really you know Dude, I was such a big fan of Bernie because he said democratic socialism and he was the only person to mention the banks. And I mean, if there was ever a person that I felt deserved to be president, I, I, I'm a Bernie guy. And what's really strange is how many people voted for Trump who almost voted for Bernie. It's a very strange phenomenon. And it really tells you that we're emotional animals because Bernie made more sense, but he talks like a sensible person. And that's not impassioning it's a kind of almost dispassionate and uh and trump speaks passionately about a whole bunch of dumb shit but he speaks pa passionately and I, I understand i don't like it but i understand why people went toward him and go toward him because he's just unapologetically just whatever the fuck he is unapologetic strong passionate you know for better for worse um so it's popular to hate Joe Rogan for some reason. I feel like it's popular to hate Joe Rogan just because Joe Rogan's popular. 
And uh, anytime I listen to somebody say why they don't like Joe Rogan, it's always some regurgitation of something that they heard somewhere else. It's this verbatim regurgitation. And so it goes back to this binary. I believe that he gives uh, people a platform. Uh, Okay, you didn't think of this yourself because you're using the exact same words. It's like when you hear the religious people in Africa say, it's not Adam and Steve, it's Adam and Eve. You're like, dude, that guy didn't make that up. He learned that somewhere. It's the same thing. He's giving these people a platform. You heard that somewhere. You didn't think of this. And really, if you watch these episodes of Joe Rogan, if where like he interviews, say, a um, Alex Jones or uh, Ben Shapiro, he gets in debates with these people and he's, he doesn't take their bullshit when he feels like it's bullshit, you know? And that's something you don't, you don't see typically in an interview because he's got Jamie there to bring up the Google facts and shit like that. I mean, it's like I said, I'm not, I'm not like a stark raving fan. I, I don't even really know anybody who is, but I understand it as good interviewing and I enjoy a good interview. I liked Charlie Rose when I was a kid, you know? Um, and, uh, who's that other guy? I I think he might've died recently. I'm not sure. Um, oh shit. He had like, he was like old as shit, but he was on his like seventh wife or something like that. Ah, he's a really famous guy and he's, uh, his name escapes me for the moment. Anyway, God, there was Charlie Rose and, uh, in my head, I want to say Lenny Bruce, but that's not fucking him. Lenny Bruce is a guy who was a comic a long, long time ago it'll come to me it'll come to me anyway so we're stuck in this binary and we need to cherry pick that's my main point and uh joe rogan's talking outside of that binary because i guess he was interviewing um they're industry professionals medical industry professionals and he wanted to get their opinion or their take rather that is seems to be contrary to the popular to the the current dialogue? I don't know exactly how to put it, you know? What's being said currently that is effective about, that is the um, a recommended way to go about handling COVID going forward, you know? And uh, and the thing is, he addresses it. He, uh, Joe Rogan addresses it. Uh, he does it really calmly and uh, really sensibly. And he ends with, like, a Neil Young story. And he's like, I don't hate Neil Young, you know, if, he, if that's how he feels. But that makes me feel sad because I always liked, I mean, Neil Young, I wasn't a big fan of his music, but uh, I understood him as a liberal who would stand up for things. And the thing is, he's a little bit of a liberal hero because he's a liberal redneck. And, uh, you know, it's important to have one of those. That kind of brings me to Bill Maher, you know. I really like that the Bill Maher sticks it to his own side when they sound stupid. And I'm sorry, you guys, but it's without asking questions, you sound stupid. When you shout these regurgitated opinions, you sound stupid to anyone who is actually attempting to make sense out of things. I'm attempting to make sense out of things. I'm not anti-mask. I'm I'm not anti-vax. But I want someone to explain to me. I've had COVID at least twice. I want someone to explain to me how a vaccination will make me more immune than having contracted the illness twice. And I'm ready to listen. I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, the way people ask a sarcastic question and you're not meant to answer it. I, I mean, 
really like i i hope that just if you can explain because i I can see how it could be possible with the mrna i could see how it could be possible but i also wonder what kind of mutations are uh, and is it is was it just one mild strain or is it going that way is it you know there's there's a lot of if you speak science like i speak music and i'm not really a great musician i can play piano i can play guitar I can uh, read different kinds of notation and chord charts, but I'm not like a musician the way other people are musicians. They can sit down and play something. I speak science, but I'm not a scientist. It's a similar thing. I spent a few years in the sciences because I was a psychology major. And so as a psychology major, because what they want to beat into your head is that you need proof to accept something as a reality. Because it's easy to default on opinion when you're dealing with the human psyche. It's easy to default on what is considered normal, uh, what is considered um, uh, a cultural moray, you know? And what you really want to fall back on is the observable, so the repeatable, you know? And you want to be able to uh, understand statistics and uh, crunch numbers through, you know... I speak science is all I'm saying, you know? And so I understand things like statistical validity. I understand uh, things like peer review. And, uh, and so a lot of the questions that I have aren't even touched, you know? Like the one I just said, okay, I've, I've had it a couple times. How is the vaccine going to make me more immune? Because the vaccine does not make you immune. We understand that, right? Especially... Because this thing now seems to me clearly having been, you know, designed in a lab uh, because it just mutates so quickly. Like nothing has mutated this quickly in the past. Um, But anyway, so I'm. Oh, yeah. And he had to put out another thing today. It seems like they're actively trying to destroy him because someone put together another clip. And I wish that the people who put together these clips would say something themselves, you know? What is it that you're trying to accomplish and why is it? When someone trolls people on Twitter, things like that, try to get people canceled, I wish those people can kind of like come up and be accountable. Because even though it's not 100% anonymous, it's pretty anonymous, you know? You don't have to look at somebody and face them. And I know some comics who kind of maybe can never show their face in the comic community again because they took that perceived anonymity too far. And now their friends fucking hate them. And it's on both sides. Again, binary. There shouldn't be a both sides. There should be maybe an all sides, but there is a both sides. Um, let me see. I actually have notes this time. Let's see if I touched on the things that I wanted to. Uh, this is binary. Oh, binary ultimatum. That's how I put it. It's not just a binary. It's a binary ultimatum. Which one are you? You know? Oh, here's one. Okay. So running short on time. I haven't really talked about fun things. Maybe I'll try to end on a fun thing because I feel like I'm kind of being a downer right now. You know? Um, if you haven't noticed, uh, hold on. Before I get on this, I'm going to take a little sip of my water. I've already had... 
I had a show tonight, which is nice. I really need to be having more shows. And honestly, I'm, I'm not going to fucking be honest about it. I'm a funny motherfucker, okay? I need to be having more shows. If you're listening to me right now, put me on your fucking show, please. I, I would really appreciate it. I need the practice of more shows so I can just, I just need to be more polished. Like, I'm funny as shit. I just need my shit to be more polished, and I'm not going to do that miking. I need to be on more shows. So you got a show, please put me on. I'll really appreciate it. And uh, the thing is, I don't really... I'm not a big favor returner. If you're funny, I'm going to put you on a show when I start doing them again. I don't, I'm not ever trying to put the audience through something by just returning a favor. And maybe that's a weakness because success of any kind is highly political. But I'm just trying to win over an audience, you guys. And also, anyway, I don't want to get into that too much. It seems like the people at one of my new jobs are like, they're all comedy fans and, and it's, it's a nice feeling. Um, when people are just like, tell us when you're having a show. I've never had that before. I've had like, I've had people be like, tell me when your next show is. I have a show this weekend. Oh, I can't make it. Well, I have one next weekend. Oh, I can't make it then either. Okay, okay. Well, then don't offer up, you know, this bullshit. But these people are literally like, you got, l- you had one. You didn't let me know. Sorry, that's me taking a drink of water. Oh, I wanted to say, someone stopped me about the last podcast where I interviewed the um, porn actress that I worked with. <laughs> this chick stopped me. I don't want to say her name because uh, she probably wouldn't want me to. But um, she's like, hey, you have to follow my, my, my Spotify. And I'm like, oh, do you have a podcast? She's like, no, I have a song. You can use it for your next porno you shoot. I'm like, okay. I see you. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so it's talking about, excuse me. little burpee there uh excuse me uh i was talking about the binary social the societal binary ultimatum which uh is really uh, hurting us so badly and um and this is why because uh we i don't know if you notice uh but there are a certain amount of people that hate the idea of unions and there's a good reason to hate unions uh unions kind of in the absence of anything to actually do, they kind of try to make things to do. And so they can be a little problematic at times. But people need to be able to collectively bargain. That is what unionizing is. It's people uh, collectively uh, being in solidarity with each other in a workplace. So like, uh, we don't like the way things are being handled. All of us aren't going into work today. How are you going to handle this corporate business, this business without your workers. All the workers are walking out today. They need uh, paid leave. They need, um, you know, it's bartering. And ultimately, both sides make compromises. And uh, hopefully you you get something like what you needed. Um, There used to be unions. uh, When unions were strong, really, the economy was really strong. People, that was a time when uh, people could be homeowners on a one income household and yeah it was one guy working his ass off all the time and he came home in a shitty mood and uh just generally speaking and it was the time of you know but now if you can have a two-income household i mean people could really live comfortably but now two incomes kind of do what one income used to do and so you know we're kind of in this trap and here's the other side of it okay rich people do unionize 
Okay, rich people kind of bind together. And I think I've spoken about this before. Um, 2001, there was a well-documented uh, strike. And really, it was kind of like the whole country was going on strike. But what it was... Okay, so it started with a supermarket strike, Vons, Ralphs, and... Um, Vons, Ralphs, and Albertsons. Those three uh, supermarket entities, corporations, whatever you call them, kind of had a meeting in private behind closed doors and decided to lock out their workers. Now, everybody saw it as a strike, but it was actually a lockout. And they said, we have these new terms uh, for your next contract. You're going to lose most, if not all, of your benefits. New hires aren't going to have any of those benefits. Uh, You can be grandfathered into some of those benefits. You're going to lose a lot of your pay. New hires aren't going to have any of that kind of pay. You used to be able to work at a supermarket and be a homeowner. That's not true anymore. And it becomes less true every single year. Now, recently... This year, and I should have really led with this. This is kind of the big piece of it. This year, in the last couple of months, everything at the same time just got like between between $2 and in some cases $50 more expensive. Everything got more expensive at the same time. And if one thing gets more expensive, it's like, okay, whatever. My mom was telling me about, you know, way, way back in the day, and the price of butter would go up. And the housewives would be picketing outside the supermarket. They wouldn't stand for the price of butter going up 10 cents. Now shit goes up and down. You're, well, avocados, that makes sense because they're seasonal. But like you go to Whole Foods and milk is like five bucks. But you go to Smart and Final and it's like three bucks, you know. And Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Gas goes up and down. Nobody gives a shit. You, you just f- kind of fucking deal with it. You blame the governor for it. You get. You blame the president for it. Nobody blames the actual corporation. God forbid they see, you know, they make, uh, you know, four hundred billion dollars this year instead of six hundred billion dollars this year. God forbid. You know, how are they going to eat with only four hundred billion dollars? Honestly, um, everything got collectively more expensive this year. That's what I'm. I'm using this past example to illustrate that this has happened and does happen. Rich people bind together, they unionize, they collectively shut out the working person. And then through media, these same people who fund the media turn us and our opinions against each other so that we bicker over little shit like Whoopi Goldberg getting canceled, like Joe Rogan uh, under fire, this little fucking nonsensical who gives a shit kind of shit and really what joe rogan is trying to do is just get different uh just get different takes from different people because it's like he said last year if you said the vaccine wasn't going to work you'd get banned last year if you said cloth masks were ineffective you'd get banned now it's all well accepted science and i want to say one thing about All of this, okay? Because while we're getting mad about this little shit and everything gets collectively more expensive at the exact same time, and really, if you understand, people are are talking about, anyway, uh, but, you know, it's being talked about, the great resignation, which is great. I'm glad people are beginning to sort of get on the same page and just say, hey, we need a livable wage. Uh, You know, there are better jobs out there. I'm going to go get one of those. It's really great. This is pushback against that. Everything getting more expensive, they're trying to choke you into going back to work for almost no money. And it sucks. It sucks. And I just want it to be acknowledged because what it was like, 
I mean, gas has always been, not always, but gas has been shitty since like a little over a decade now, you know? I want to say that right before Trump took office, gas was like at around two bucks, like a little over two bucks. Um, I don't know that the president or the governor has a whole lot to do with gas prices. Uh, someone said it was because of taxes, but I'm like, dude, the, the price of gas fluctuates like like $2, sometimes $3 in the course of a year. Like, How much of that can be taxes? Do the taxes fluctuate? Or you have to explain how... You know, it's again, like you have to ask questions. Anyway, I, I feel like I'm really just uh, kind of going off the mouth right now. I want to get back to my point. Um, rich people, rich people unionize. They cohes- they, they cohes together and they make these firm decisions. And uh, one way that you know is these industry standards. If you've ever gone from one place to another and things are handled a certain way, like you go from uh, BJ's, uh, pizza, and brewery to uh, uh to mimi's cafe to uh lazy dog and they all have like a similar thing going they have a similar special they have a similar way of going about things uh this is industry standard they communicate about this and it's things that you don't notice because it's what makes things feel normal you go from one restaurant to another things are handled similarly but then you go to a privately owned place and it's a whole different thing they're not in on the industry standard they're handling things their own way you know, you see how you you understand the rule by noticing the anomaly. You know, that's what that's called. So people have to be able to collectively bargain, and they have to do it without. See, what happened in the past is the mob got into that shit. Now I don't want to fucking take on that shit, but people have to do it themselves. This is what I propose, and it's a dangerous proposition for a person to say out loud. But I feel like I'm nobody enough to be able to say this. Uh. Fire Congress, all of them, all of them. And instead, offer people a wage to have them take part in city council meetings and manage the city, micromanage the city. So much money is being stolen from you. If you live in a city, I don't know about towns, probably towns on a lower level, on a lesser scale. But if you live in a city, there's so much opportunity for fuckery and it happens, it's coming from all the people that you need. You're, you know, I don't want to get too into it because I don't want to be, get into a dangerous place where I make these giant enemies that I cannot fucking handle. But I hope you get my drift. Um, they, they're, they're trying to make it hard for you. And they're not trying, they're succeeding. Our rent goes up every year. We live in a fucking tenement. There's no, there's nothing luxury about this place, you know? Um, the fucking floor caves in things fall around that's the kind of place I live in I don't know what kind of place you live in a lot of people I know personally live in a similar type of situation you know this it's not very it's not optimal it works you know uh, I want to end on something a little more upbeat I hope you've got my gist I don't want to fucking beat the fuck out of a dead horse I'm already a little over my half hour mark which is and I, I still got to take a shower and go to bed it's going to be like 3 a.m. There's no way I'm going to bed before 3 a.m. <clears throat> Let me see if I can get my voice back, my voice up. What have I been watching lately? I watched kind of this, like, it wasn't a great movie. I don't even want to talk about that. But I don't know. But you know what? Okay. It's called Permanent. <laughs> it's kind of like a family movie, you know? It's from 2018, I think, 17 or 18. 
excuse me, it's with Rain Wilson. That's the guy who played Dwight in The Office. Um, and I'll say about Rain Wilson, as much as I loved him in The Office, and he's such an integral character, uh, he's never picked a good movie to be in. <laughs> and he, he always kind of pl- plays this, uh, this bitch, you know, this bitch character, you know, this fat bitch character. And he plays that in this movie. He's a fun bitch, you know. <laughs> he's, I don't know, but it's like set in 1982. But what I liked about it, and the only reason I would want to talk about it, is because it's one of the few movies that handles, because it really centers around this little girl, right? And she just wants to look pretty, and but they're poor. And so it's, it's really a struggle of like a working class family just really attempting to make it and get out of poverty. And they're really... Over the course of the movie, they don't, you know. But this little girl, so she's she, all she just wants to get her hair done at a beauty salon so she can look good, like the popular girls. And instead, they take her to a fucking like a beauty school and they butcher her, and she's stuck that way, being a new girl in school. And the way they nail the bullying that happens, and just the way that like a person who is getting bullied really just kind of has to accept it. And like if she eventually stands up for herself, as would happen in a good movie, um, but not in the way that you would think that is so triumphant. She kicks her bully's ass. Luckily, like she takes karate and it works or whatever. But uh, like in my case, when I was a kid, I didn't I got bullied by like everybody, but nobody. But they didn't hate me. I was just a kid. I don't know why. I honestly don't know why. I really think it was just fun to watch me react because I honestly like turned my act around in high school and I just had like a great time in high school. I understand a lot of people saw high school as like a shitty time. I had like a really incredible time. Um, And uh, I didn't necessarily befriend all the people that used to pick on me, but I saw that they were just different people by the time we were through high school. I saw that I wasn't talking to the same person who four years ago, five years ago used to just like be a piece of shit to me. I guess they were just, they hated themselves and they were trying to like work through something. And uh, I remember one guy like, and I didn't think of him as someone who would pick on me, but he would just talk shit to me sometimes because everybody did. And I'm just like, like, I remember I befriended him. We were friends. I didn't befriend all my ex-bullies, but they generally all ended up liking me. You know, it was a really weird thing. And they would always say, I remember the first guy who said hi to me when I was in high school and I'm not talking about the movie anymore, but I am talking about how, so I didn't get to beat up my bully. What I did was, uh, the next person who tried to talk shit to me, uh, if that person, I felt like I could kick their ass. I'm just like, okay, I need to kick somebody's ass. So, uh, I pick somebody out. I'm all that guy talks shit to me sometimes. So I'm going to wait for him to talk shit to me one more time and I'm going to fuck him up. And I really had to work myself up to it because I don't like fighting. I don't like it. I really have to work myself up and I don't like going to that place, that emotional place. And so I kicked his ass and one more person kind of like, uh, punched me in front of everybody. So I had, I felt like I had to kick his ass. It was like prison rules. I'm like, if I let everybody see that he punched me and that's just the end of it, then I'm 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 a pussy. I have to go kick his ass. So I kick I didn't kick my bully's ass, but it was like everybody used to bully me, you know? And that's kinda how they handle it in this movie. We're just like everyone talks shit to this kid and she just kinda has to s- sit there and sort of pretend they don't exist. And she doesn't get like this ultimate vindication of like, I showed everybody I could do it, but she does get to kick her bully's ass. 
And there's like some form of redemption. Now, as for me, because of course I want to talk about me, um, I asked this one guy who like he was just one of everybody that used to like be kind of shitty to me in, in junior high. And uh, so we're like seniors in high school. And he's all, I like you, Gino. I'm like, do you? Because you didn't used to. He's like, when didn't I like you? I always like you, man. You've all, you just, you've always been there, man. You always, you always been Gino. And I'm like, I didn't want to bring up like the trauma that he didn't, he didn't specifically inflict on me, but he was like part of the whole part of the entity that used to treat me like shit. And it was such a weird turnaround. And I'm just like, all right, well, I like you too, Jeff, man. You're a good guy now. And he's like, what do you mean now? I'm like, hey, it was junior high, man. We were all different people. He's like, yeah, that's true. We were all different people. And uh, that's what I hope we can be. I hope we can all be different and better every single day. Wow, that is after school special as fuck. But I think I'm going to end it on that note because I think that's one of the few times I've ever ended this podcast on a truly positive note. So, hey, I love all of you. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're having a great day, night, whatever part of the 24-hour cycle this is for you. Um, Glad to be speaking with you, talking at you. Uh, Can't wait to see you out there. Put me on your fucking show, please. If you, uh, I just need shows. I'm not going to fucking be shy about it. Uh, There's only one way this is all going to happen for us, man. We need to work together. It's like I was saying, man, we're all in this together. And uh, hopefully we all get to the other side fucking get to write on some awesome show on hbo max or whatever the fuck the streaming service is by the time we get there and uh i'm excited gonna be shooting some sketches pretty soon so uh so hold out for that i was actually even thinking of um okay because everybody everybody definitely like paid attention to me uh (laughs) interviewing a porn star i was honestly just thinking of like once a month paying a porn star to suck my dick and interviewing her And maybe like ending the interview with her sucking my dick or something. I don't know. If you know me, you know that I'm not full of shit. Like this is something I'm thinking of doing. I would rather fuck her, but that's like more expensive. Um, But hopefully, maybe people start watching it more on Pornhub and X videos. And those motherfuckers start paying me some more. And many vids. Many vids is where I actually get money. Many vids. Rocco100k. Check out my channels. I love all of you. Have a great night day i already said all that uh and uh yeah uh see y'all out there love you bye